prepared. I'm hitting record. You know, we could just get right to it. We could, you know, maybe break the mold of this nonsense we do before we ask, we ask, before we ask Dan to start the show. We could start the show right now. We could just mix it up and start the show. When are we playing Jesus as a friend of mine? You can play it all the way through the show. Oh, great. There's a couple days I played this, just dicking around with it, and then for the rest of the day I couldn't stop hearing oh. it. <laughs> oh, it's, he taught uh... me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've Can had... you imagine being this? Well, oh, fuck! I don't want to start with that. Sorry. I was just, I just no. have the energy to talk about how imagine being this caught up in a cult. No, but I'm just saying uh, any agnostic, any agnostic who would listen to that might be, you know, oh, that's right. The, come over to the good side. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. At some point yeah. during the, one of those days, I'm like, am I becoming a friend of Jesus? He will never leave you flat. Oh, I would never question the existence now if no, the ex- Lord could provide <laughs> that type of entertainment through his disciples. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. But first, here is one of his disciples, Reverend Dan Duran. <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto. From our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a deck in the Kawarthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who have no plans to go to the X this Friday, even though corn dogs and the world's tallest traveling Ferris wheel, the Super Wheel, will be there. Instead, they'll be enjoying no people in the dark privacy of their basement, wondering how long their hair will grow. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan DeRue. Jeremy Taggart returns to the show, friend of ours, former uh, drummer for Our Lady Peace. Man, until you mention that, until you just mentioned a second ago about the uh, the grand old lady by the lake, I had no awareness that it was uh, almost time for that again. And Dan said something there that I think we've discussed over the years. He said corn dogs. Now, listen, I have not been to the exhibition in probably a couple of decades or more, but the term corn dog. Maybe a Western thing because we used to call when I went to the X they were whistle dogs they called them mm-hmm. that had the breading on the wiener. yeah the breading on the wiener on a stick <laughs> that yeah so they, weird. for some reason and you know what the right one with a little bit of mustard is bad but but think about that bad. recipe what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a hot dog on a stick we're gonna we're gonna dip it in some deep fried breading and it'll be great yeah yeah it's all about the wiener oh yeah. You know who that that would be one year that was a new thing. That was like a trending kind of Oh yeah, that was food in the one, midway. One year people went to there and when they you, you got to try the wiener on a stick with yeah. the breading. 
Well, that became a thing at the X. Remember, that was one of the drawing things. Every year they came up with something new. Wasn't there a deep fried Mars bar or something like with? Well, that came uh, way after the whistle dog or the corn oh, no, dog. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. In relatively recent history. And then the next year, there was some other thing you had to go down and try, yeah. and which was way over the top. It was like a. A hamburger with caramel sauce or something there. I don't know. You know, I gotta I, I don't know this for a fact, Dan and Fred, but I would say that, you know, maybe after having their first whistle dog, these people were so overjoyed they wrote Maybe that's uh they were so they were like, Hey, if if this if this exists, there must be a Jesus. And let me tell you, fellas. As someone who grew up in this city, you know, prior to the Blue Jays, the Toronto Argonauts were huge in this city. The summer, that was the thing. Everybody went, 50,000, 60,000 fans. Prior to Canada's Wonderland, when it was exhibition season, mm-hmm. like, you, were, you were out of your mind with anticipation. And then you went, and if you were lucky enough, you got to go two or three times, which you did when you got old enough to get on the streetcar yourself. It was a huge, huge thing. But uh, Wonderland sort of put the boots to it, and it got sort of a shabby reputation, and on and on. Well, interestingly enough, interesting. I drove by Wonderland yesterday on my way to an event that I was uh, participating in, and uh, it's the first time I'd driven by in a while, and it's pretty impressive from the uh, 400 heading northbound. And I've yeah. been here long enough to, I, I think I was, we were here for certainly Dan, I think we were here before the creation of Wonderland and uh, how it took over the, uh, the buzz from the exhibition because it's open all year round. But my kids, Randy, ex-wife Randy, loved the exhibition. I went a lot when we uh, when oh, the kids were young. That. I remember that. Yeah. She just loved, and she'll go again. Mm-hmm. She will. Mm-hmm. She will go. She goes every year. Dan wins last. Excuse me. I'm just about to throw. <laughs> Foster Brooks. <laughs> That's right. Dad. 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 was last. I don't time? remember. Uh, no, I do. I went with Colton one Sorry. year. And I went on uh, one of the uh, the roller coasters, which terrified me. It was the first time I actually was terrified because I always used to love them. And it was a really tall one. But it was like uh, when my sister visited with her kids and we went there. Yeah. The uh, that would have been about four years ago, five years ago, somewhere in there. Seriously. Yeah. The Flyer? Uh, I don't know. I don't that remember the, the roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Fred, no, do, you remember, like a, do you remember when you and I had to go on a roller coaster at Wonderland? Or is it just me? Vaguely. Remember we did the morning show from there? Mm-hmm. Were you still at the... It was, it was at yeah, the mix. It was horrid. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Italian job, was, the, 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 the debut of that roller right. coaster. And for some reason, we did I, we yeah. agree. You remember this? Mm-hmm. And I was horrified by it. I hate that stuff. But it for some cold, reason... That it was cold. The, the show was cold. And then after the show, we went on the, uh, they, they opened up the ride for us and some listeners, and it was awful. No interest. Speaking of the mix, did you see the guy that hired us, basically, and uh, totally mismanaged the Humble and Fred show at the mix, is uh, been named to uh, Canada's Walk of Fame? Hmm. What, the, the owner of the company? Yeah. Because I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking the, the PD got the Walk of Fame and we can't get a podcast no. award. <laughs> Bob Harris is on. The Bob, Bob Harris, Harris. gets what? 
Like, no. wait a second. What Gary. is the world? Uh, really, Slade's going on the Walk of Fame? Well, you know, good for him. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's done some stuff. Well, he's uh, done some stuff. Other than mishandling us, he's done some oh, things. Oh, it was awful. Hey, no, was one awful. other note on was it, what Was that more awful or was the roller coaster more awful? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it was like in the, like it was 10 or 12 degrees. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really horrible. Anyway, what were you going to um, say? Um, back to the exhibition and how times have changed. When we were kids... You'd get you'd go into the food building and when you walk in you would get this plastic bag like a garbage bag type thing or a shopping bag I'm sorry and you could go around that food building and by the time you left it was like Halloween mm-hmm. and all the stuff in that bag was free the whole idea of the food building at that time was free samples to introduce products or if you wanted to purchase something to eat it was really cheap because again a lot of them were introducing stuff. Mm. <laughs> that's all that's gone can you yeah. imagine that well, nowadays no Get them I, free stuff doubt that mm. you know the last time i and i went a few times with randy but um, my recollection of the food building the last time was like <laughs> it should have been called diarrhea land <laughs> because you know everything was like uh well it's, i shouldn't say this you know it was almost like you know poorly cooked chicken sauces oh yeah um it's gouging now but every year they do the same, uh, you know, brand new foods. Yes. Foods for, of the world. But the foods of the world. Well, you know, like uh, last year, Flaming Hot Cheetos Smash Burger was one of the things. Okay. Yeah, that uh, kind of thing. You yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Krispy Kreme pulled pork. <clears throat> Those are the things. They haven't announced whatever's happening this year at the X, but that's that. That was the th- one of the things. It was like a hamburger patty, a donut, like cut in half with a hamburger patty in the mm-hmm. middle, something like that. So they're still doing that little novelty thing. You, well, yeah, they okay. do it every year. Dan just reminded me that we were working downtown, Fred and I, when Krispy Kreme came to the city. And it was such a big deal. This was the late 90s, early 2000s. We were still, I guess, early. Well, before we left the edge, I remember us and the city being a buzz when the first Krispy Kreme franchise opened up here because we wanted to be all things American. There's nothing about that Krispy Kreme donut that no. appeals to me at all. I, I prefer Hortons. But at the time, nothing. listen, it wasn't about better or worse. I mean, do you remember the lineup? Remember, we, we actually, again, we were downtown, and I guess they brought us some Krispy Kreme donuts, and it was like a big deal for us to eat them. But there was a lineup in the city to be the first to sample the Krispy Kreme donut. Yep. Uh, yep. I don't think I've had one that. since. Novelty's worn off. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of samples, they they sometimes have them at Costco and the sampling station. Like Krispy Kremes? Yeah. They cut well, them up into four or something, and you can have a bit of a Krispy Kreme donut that's been warmed. Mm. I do not ever... I Like, I take all the samples from Costco. Of course I never you never have those. Those mm. I do not. I just... Eh, <laughs> that's... Nah. You say nay. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's Dan's a man of principle. There's still a location in Mississauga. Oh, yeah? On Mavis Road or, or is it Aaron Mills Parkway or Mavis Road? One of those where it's it's still actually there. But uh, I know people that love them, swore by them. Uh, Delise's old boss, Bruce, he used to love the Krispy Kreme. He, there was something in it that, uh, that spun his propeller. Mm. But, you know. You know, there was another American franchise that came here with a lot of hoopla. Hoopla. It was, uh, and it failed. And that that was called uh, a thing called Target. Right. But 
Um, you talk about those Krispy Kreme donuts. We wanted things American. I remember back probably in the 70s when I think Budweiser might might have been the first American beer introduced to Canada that you could buy. And same thing. People went crazy. Right. Um, I think Labatt brought it in, but that Budweiser label, everybody mm. went crazy and had to have it. And um, I can't re- just one after another. Do you remember how many Target stores were here? Like, was it like a bunch, or they tried three or four, and then they just uh, they closed very quickly. Within a couple of years, all of them were gone. Yeah, there was a a ton of them. There was one just over here near me. And, because uh, that's one of those probably, franchises where uh, it seems that people go crazy when they're down in the States. Oh, we got to go to Target. Like, there's something uh, about it. I don't get it. Well, well, that's what killed them. Because I know least like going into Targets in the States because there was great bargains. Like, mm. you'd walk in and go, wow, that for this? Wow. Mm. The Target stores in, um, there were, in Canada, that level of bargain just wasn't available. It was, you know, you could go to other stores giant tiger or whatever and get the same deals so it just sort of petered out okay i wanted to uh just mention because uh, I, I turned my mic off for a second when uh, both dogs went crazy i've got charlie's dog here uh the infamous booby billy who's just the sweetest except as i mentioned to you guys yesterday every once in a while someone will walk by and she shrieks and so i will uh I'll try and make sure that they don't. But anyway, they're just, uh, I think they're going to leave the studio here. So that's what that noise is. And poor Stan. Here's the thing about Stan, because both of you know Stan. He's the sweetest guy. But he doesn't really act like a dog. A lot of the times he acts like a big cat. But when Billy's in the house, because Billy acts like a dog. I mean, she comes up, you know, wants to hang out with you, sits on my lap while we're watching TV. Billy makes Stan act more like a dog than I ever see Stan act like a dog. It's almost like he it's almost like he needs some dog training. I think the same thing happened when Cliff RIP was in the house as well. Um, it sort of prompts Stan that there's to a put, to put his dog on to put his dog on. Exactly. Like this morning I was playing with Billy on the bed and then Stan comes over like he never does that. And he tried to get in between us and, you know, wanted me to pet him and everything again, which he never does. Anyway. Um, there's a new movie out called Strays, and you'd swear Stan was one of the stars. Have you seen the trailer? No. It's is, it a, Strays, is it Boston? And Jamie, Jamie Foxx and Will Ferrell, Will Forte. Is it Isla Fisher? Anyway. Yeah, I like Isla they're Fisher. They're all the voices. Oh, there he and is. I, don't, I see I don't it, yeah. know. I don't know who does the Stan voice, but I said to my darling last night, I said, That's, there's Stan. Oh, I'm seeing it now. I'm, I'm watching the trailer, yeah. But more than anything, I love Doug. Hey! Shut the fuck up! Fucking oh, that's Will Forte. That's yeah. Doug, the best owner in the world. <sighs> We're playing this game called Fetch. Oh, yeah. Where's the stand? Anyway, it sounds uh, like a good movie. Um, anyway, so the stands, like, again, stand during the show normally just... Uh, Either he's not here in the studio or he's on that couch. Where right now he's, you know, closer to me than he ever is. And Billy is standing up on the couch on alert. I get a little nervous when Billy's here because I, I think, okay, it's my responsibility. It's not that. It's that if I wreck this dog, I mean, it's thousands of dollars out the window. Oh, yeah. That's quite the revenue stream that exactly. you charge of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was uh, coming down the stairs today with his uh, cage, her cage. 
just mm-hmm. her in a little crate, you know, it's you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, size of my arms. And she was in front of me. <laughs> I just had this thought. I'm like, if I stumble and this falls on her and it kills her, I'm going to have to go get a replacement dog and hope Charlie doesn't notice. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's going to happen. That always happens in the movies, right? People do that. Yeah. 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 Um, you want to see somebody when we have Dougie, you know, and Dougie had a little bit of an issue with his yeah. back. So now it's like tenfold. When Danny leaves Dougie with us, Delise is like, okay, pick him up. Don't let him walk down the stairs. <laughs> She's Don't on alert. Oh, she is. It's like yeah, unbelievable. That's funny. Don't let him jump on that. Don't let him jump off that. It's in a, And I'm saying, well, Danny has said, you know, he's just got to get on with his life and let things roll. Oh, not when we have him, though. Yeah, because she doesn't want to be. She, just as I described, she doesn't want something to happen when she's in my care or Dougie's in your care. No, that's it. I get it. I mean, she's a lot nicer than I am. Well, yeah, you don't need to say that. I mean, we but all Billy's know it. Billy's a very small. We, we, all, we all know it, but we don't need to no, say it. No, I know. What's that, Daniel? Oh, but Billy's a very small dog. I've often thought that I could step on that dog and by accident. Oh, you would kill it. <clears throat> One of your giant well, dance feet. It, yeah. yeah. When you look at their legs, Melanie's dog, a little mutt from Greece. Sweet little dog, but her little tiny thin legs. Mm-hmm. I often think about that. She's laying by the couch and I walk over and step on one of those legs, how easily they would snap. Like it gives me the creeps when I think about it, but and I'm surprised that kind of thing doesn't happen more often, but they have a way of protecting themselves, but their little legs are like twigs. Exactly. And that's why I say I'm walking down the stairs this morning. She's underfoot. And I just thought, you know, if if, if I stumble and this crate were to, unfortunately, you know, how do I, what's that call? Hi, Charlie. How you doing? How's New York? Mm-hmm. Great. You know, remember Billy? <laughs> remember Billy. Remember, <laughs> remember Billy. Did you guys get lots of pictures of her before, you know, mm-hmm. for the Instagram account? Um, Dan. But you know why nothing bad ever happens? Because Jesus is a friend Jesus of ours. Of you got it. He taught me how to live. He taught me my how to live. Should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before. That's a good one. He I taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me by singing this song. He's more like he taught me how to spread my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what a present hey, for it? Dan didn't laugh. Dan, Dan didn't of course, laugh. because Dan does not go for the Jesus humor. <laughs> There's a lot of, actually, you know, it's funny. I'm losing track of the things on this show that Dan is not want to be part of. <laughs> uh, but Dan, hang around. Well, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, this. what this reminds me of is there was a time when, when uh, in going to church, you know, every, every week my dad... Had a new sermon and, you know, did all the, the preacher's kid stuff. But there was a time when um, when the when the traditional hymns were there and they were trying to modernize the music a little bit in the churches. Yeah. And uh, even in our church, my dad was trying to, you know, like when Jesus Christ Superstar came out, I remember we had a special a special youth group thing and we played that. And, and there's some other... Uh, some of the other songs that were not in the hymnal that were sort of authorized by the church uh, came through as well. But there was a time when when there started 
transitioning into more rock bandy kind of Christian acts and stuff like that. That was a tra- definitely a transition. I don't know where this place is on that map. Jesus, what's that? Friend? What is that ska? Oh. Or is that kind of what is that the style of music? Well, here's no. the thing about if your you dad. Saw the vid- if you saw the video, no, it's not. Yeah, it's ska. not ska. <laughs> uh, your dad was definitely ahead of his time. He tried to hip things up. I mean, your father was a hippest preacher I ever met. Reverend uh, Reverend uh, yeah. Cliff taught me how to make a martini. Well, yeah. Dan, hang around a second while we uh, do a little business, because there's something that happened uh, the other day. It's happened a couple times, and I want to know if it's ever happened to you. Mm. And I might mention that during the Humble and Fred heyday, you know, of the 90s and whatever, yeah. early 2000, uh, we played a lot of Creed. Remember, they were a Christian yeah. rock band. And Howard and I insisted we play Creed. Uh, <laughs> and I, was, I think I was, was one inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was one of the few people that didn't hate Creed. I, I didn't. I'm not, everyone else did, but I, I liked a couple of their songs. <clears throat> All right, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. You've heard us talk about it before, but really. Uh, chamberplan.ca is where to go to get a free quote if you have a small business. It, uh, you know, we've had several Humble and Fred uh uh, listeners with small businesses sign on, and it's worked great for them. We get feedback, it's dental, it's prescriptions, uh, certain therapies. They have an HR department or an HR um, component where you can actually get advice from them about the workplace. Uh, mental health, top of the list now. I mean, what we went through with COVID and the struggles that a lot of people are still suffering, well, they had a mind to that, and now. Uh, almost instant help uh, through a helpline. So this is the Chamber of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business, chamberplan.ca. If you're like me and you uh, are moving your body daily, uh, of course, I'm a golfer. I do a couple other little things that, uh, you know, I'm always a little bit sore. What I have found has been a benefit for me, and you might too, is Stretch Lab Toronto. StretchLab.com. You'll improve your sports performance. This is a, an assisted stretching. It's not like going to physio. It's kind of like having somebody who knows what they're doing. These are physios that stretch you in a way that will increase your range of motion, reduce stress, reduce muscle and joint pain. Dan, I know you never have anything that hurts you, <clears throat> but I'd love you to try this uh, because it really is... Something that's very unique. And right now they're offering for $59 a 50-minute stretch and introductory session with one of their flexologists, uh, including an assessment to see, you know, kind of where you're at. Especially as we get older, we definitely have a decrease in a lot of our range of motion and a lot of increase in muscle and joint pain. Introducing Stretch Lab. Stretch Lab Toronto at stretchlab.com. So I was in the parking lot of the golf course when Fred arrived. And, you know, I, I, I obviously I play more golf than Freddie. So, I, you know, I have a routine. I, you know, every, every time I get there, I put on my uh, shoes and I, you know, put on... Um, I have these sun sleeves. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been out in the sun, you know, like you guys, since the 70s when we didn't wear... I didn't even heard of sunscreen. We used to put a baby oil on. Do you remember that? I used to see the girls would put baby oil so they would increase the ability to get tanned. <clears throat> yeah, I remember that. It so, smelled like coconut or ex- something. Yeah, well, there were, the, the, but I'm saying just the baby oil, not the... Uh, Coconut. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Fred and I arrives, and I'm, we're just sort of sitting there talking while I get ready. And, and um, 
I, I asked him if he had any sunscreen. And uh, you did you did you use some of that spray stuff? Yeah, I said I had some of the cream, but if right. you didn't mind, I'd rather use the spray because the cream your hands. Get yeah, your hands get all greasy, slippery. And, yeah. So then I took off my hat and I closed my eyes and I sprayed my face, which Fred thought was unusual. He said, "You spray that on your face?" I said, "Yes, I do." Um, because again, it's I don't want to put the cream on my face. Although a lot of guys now are putting that heavy zinc, like white. Mm-hmm. And you know the sun isn't screwing around, Dan. So. For- <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's it's shining away. It's not fooling around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and Fred thought that was unusual. And and normally I have no problem with it because I close my eyes tight enough that I don't get sunscreen in it. But here's where I'm going with this. So yeah, later that day I was like, oh shit, I've got some sunscreen in my eyes, and I was rubbing it. And this has happened a couple times recently. I wonder if it's ever happened to you. You ever rub your eye in such a way that your eyelid turns inside out for a second? <laughs> it's fucking, that's one of the scariest things. Have you ever had that sensation? Not in a while, but I have, to, had, I have done that, yes. I don't, there, I don't, Dan, I don't know what that's called, but I had it the other day. And just for a second, you're, it's like you get this weird sensation like, is this, is it going to stay like this? <laughs> Dan, do, have do you, you ever, ever wear contacts? I don't. You you wear contacts, right? Yeah. So does yeah, that happen all around. the time? Well, not exactly that. I mean, I've had that happen, but you know, you're fooling around with your eyelids all the time. You know, sometimes when you when you get something in your eye, you take the top lid and then put it over the top of the bottom lid, and then it usually clears whatever's going on on the contact or whatever. Yeah, yeah. dude. I, I tell you what, I couldn't do it. I uh, I've been lucky. I haven't had to had haven't had to have contacts, but I couldn't. I've always been fascinated by how people do that. How you put that in your eyeball. Same here. I've never, uh, all the years I wear glasses, I never, ever even thought about contacts. Plus, I'm such, I'd lose them all the time. I know. They, I jump in a pool and forget or whatever. Well, there's a misnomer right there. You jump in a pool. If you jump in the pool with your eyes open, which you probably never do, then your contacts wash out. But you can open up your eyes underwater. What do you mean they wash out, Dan? When there's air and water mixed together, kind of that's when the uh, then the water will wash the contact out of your eyes. Oh, but if I you see. Jump I in see. The water, and then open your eyes underwater. Your contacts will stay in place. Close your eyes when you come up, and then yeah, you're fine. That's good to know. But uh, yeah, uh, Howie, yeah, man. Uh, the thing about the other day is when I, what I do is I usually spray it in my hands and then wipe my face. The right. spray stuff. Yeah, I should start. That's doing the that. way I do it because I'll tell you. I have that problem because if I it's on my forehead mm-hmm. too thick and then I perspire it gets into my that's eyes what happened it to really me. Ir- it, it it irritates. But that we I'm, I was looking up just now like there is a condition called an entropion where your eyelid turns inward like where it stays that way. But but this was this has happened a couple times where I've rubbed my eyelid and for a split second it feels like it's backwards or inside out. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy early high school winston churchill his name was paul manta and he had this thing where he had big eyelids or whatever and he could flip them both over and then he'd walk around looking at you with his eyelids flipped over come on and they would stay both of them oh yeah i wonder if he's listening he could send us a picture <laughs> what a video. i wonder if he's listening yeah gee i wonder paul manta yeah. Paul Somebody Manta. reach out to Paul and, and that's how we can get one more okay. listener to this show. Fucking <laughs> Paul Manta's listening. He's the I, he's the same guy that taught me how to blow bubbles with spit. You know, the way you can get a bubble on the end of your tongue and blow mm. it. 
Like bubbles out of a like a bubble machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he taught me that as well. Yeah, what else did you? What else did Paul Man to tell you? <laughs> you know, again, I was I'm just telling the truth. Hey, I'm just telling the truth too. I just wondered if there was like a a, a word or a phrase or a condition. Like, like I'm not talking about it. There, apparently, there's a medical condition where some people sadly imagine that where your eye because that again mm-hmm. that's what when you talk about putting contacts in. Like I had eye surgery years ago, not mm-hmm. the laser con. Well, I had a laser surgery because I had torn my retina. Mm-hmm. But just having things put in your eye, like it's it's one of those things that's like the classic where you get a little tiny eyelash, but it feels like a boulder. Yeah, I know you're right, Howard. I, listen, sometimes I get thoughts and I just try to push them out of my head about eyes. And I used to worry about my kids and my grandkids and everything. Now how. How precious, obvious eyes are, but how vulnerable they could, like, you know what I mean? How people don't suffer more eye injuries just from this and that and what have you, you know, because they're, they're there and they're fragile and they're, and they're so important. And uh, well, because you need them to see, you need them to (laughs) see. I had a, I was playing hockey. This is my, in my late twenties before I moved here, got a stick in my eye and for, I thought, you know, I got, I got a couple stitches below my eye, got a bit cut it and I felt okay for about a day. And I, it was kind of a funny little thing with Randy and I, ex-wife Randy. I woke up the next day and I said, oh, I, I'm seeing things f- floating in my vision. Like there were large, right. they're called floaters actually. And there's mm-hmm. large, these large things like little amoebas or whatever and turn ready said oh that's that's probably it means there it means your eye is healing <laughs> which it doesn't it means that your retina is detaching mm. and uh it was one of those things where i go to a doctor's office later that afternoon and he took one look at it you know whatever that examining thing is and it went right to the hospital the next morning i had surgery to repair it because it was t- it was separating <laughs> But uh, that became a joke in our marriage. Oh, don't worry. That's and that means it's healing. Anyway, right. Dan, does any of this is this a is this a subject that you would relate to in any way? Do you have eyes? Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, when you guys were talking about this, I was just wondering if you were being tortured. You know, some oh some, yeah, uh, somebody pulls mm. pulls you off the street and takes you into a dark warehouse. Yes. and uh, mm-hmm. demands that you reveal the truth. Yes, uh, love this. What what what? So if of the options that you see on TV all the time being tortured, there's your eyes, fingernails, your, your, your fingernails or your fingers taking on yeah. your fingers, toenails, I suppose, you know, the, the dick. Well, let me what, just what? say this for the record. <laughs> the if, the, if I'm, yeah, Dan can't even say it. If, let me say this for the record. If I'm being tortured, you won't have to go. Very, it won't go very long. I promise. Okay. <laughs> like I see these movies. I'll where, tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you right away. <laughs> as soon as you touch my eyeball, I'm telling yeah. you whatever you want to know. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine somebody getting like one of those barbecue lighters the one with the blue flame you know yeah and like just putting it to your eye <sighs> all they would have to do is warm up the uh, end of a of a hanger and threaten to put it in my dink hole i'd be like, fuck what do you want to know what do you want to know yeah the dink um, <laughs> quickly an eye story from years ago yes up please the, from paul manta t- you know <laughs> up at the tin palace Good friend of ours made his son a potato cannon. You know, oh, yeah. PVC. And then it had the little lighter switch at the end, and you put hairspray in it, then uh, put a potato in it, and then you you click the little thing for the spark, and it blows the potato. Well, there was no potato in it, but there was still some 
hairspray in there or something and danny and his buddy ryan get fooling around danny looks down the end of the barrel and he clicks the thing and it blows up in his face so i get that call from delise i'm at the hospital danny may have burned his eyes what so it happened so he gets the thing goes off and he starts screaming he runs into the water because his eyes were burning and burning so they covered his eyes and they took him to the hospital and in the end, it was fine. The guy said, no, there doesn't appear to be any damage. But again, that was back in the days. Howard, you may remember this. I came into work Monday morning because I thought, you know, is there going to be some long-term stuff? This has really freaked me out. And on our humble and Fred position, I, maybe it was you, maybe it was somebody at CFNY knew this top-notch high doctor. It was me. St. Mike's. It, yeah, at yeah. St. Mike's. And like, I think the very next morning, I had Danny in there. And this guy would take months to see yeah. how he makes a call. And then this is like a well-known eye doctor, whoever it is. Now, um, here's the thing. I, I yeah. First of all, the reason I remember it was me is because yeah. before that, this guy was a friend of a... Well, actually, he was the husband of a friend of Randy's. Right. Ex-wife Randy. The reason we got to know him and I got this... And, and we got you in to see him so quickly mm-hmm. is... Do you remember this story? When Charlie was two, we were all still smoking cigarettes. Oh, right. And Randy, ex-wife Randy, mm-hmm. had her cigarette, you know, mostly mm-hmm. had just been lit. So it wasn't down at the end and had it in her right hand. And her and when the kids, when Charlie was like, you know, 18 months, two years old, running around, you know, we didn't smoke in in their prox in her proximity. But mm-hmm. we, smoked, we were outside. Randy was talking to her friend and didn't realize Charlie had come up beside her on the right hand side. And Randy sort of turned away, and the cigarette went into Charlie's eyeball. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's pretty painful. And uh, we say. quickly called this woman who happened to have, her husband happened to be at home that day. It was a weekend. We met him in his office like 20 minutes later. As you say, Fred, this, would, this mm-hmm. is a guy. He's a specialist. He mm-hmm. was a, um, a sur- whatever they call it, a binocular surgeon. Mm-hmm. Not, not a binocular surgeon, whatever that is. A, um, and we were in his office. He washed it out and you know, told us right away there was no... Basically, she burned off a couple layers of the skin on Charlie's eyeball. And uh, everything was fine. And she, Charlie had a patch over her eye for two days. Where we were very, very concerned that, you know, what was her vision going to be like? And I'll just finish the story by saying that when Charlie, when we finally took off the eye patch and Charlie could see, I remember getting very emotional because I thought, fuck, you know, mm-hmm. is this my kid going to be blind? Then, mm-hmm. of course, once the emotion died down, I remember saying to Randy a few days later, she was looking for uh, an ashtray. And I said, oh, why don't you just use our daughter's eye? <laughs> <laughs> You know, no, because yeah. I a prick. But it goes to what I said at the beginning. You know, they are so fragile. Yes, injuries. You know, they can be injured quite easily. And uh, yeah, and taking Danny down there the next day at whatever hospital. I think it was Saint Mike's, and just having that reassurance was just so. Well, it, you know, just allows you to rest easy a bit more, but. I know Randy must have felt awful, her cigarette, because our my buddy Mike, who had made the, the potato cannon, like he was, like it upset him, as yeah. you can imagine, right? Oh, yeah. 
Well, you know, mm-hmm. and it became, you know, I, I still remember this. Mm-hmm. My ex-mother-in-law, who's still around, Barb, she's awesome. Do you know what, Barb, just a quick uh, Barb story. Like recently, like a week ago, Barb was up at Rama mm-hmm. and because uh, Randy takes her up there. And uh, Barb won like $10,000. how much do you have to gamble where you're going to win or lose $10,000 anyway um, Barb did not like that story Barb did not like me no she did not like me making fun of Randy putting out a cigarette in our daughter's eye oh right did not did not think that was funny Mm. Um, okay uh, Dan uh, before we get to uh, Jeremy uh, Taggart uh, are there any more uh Paul Manta stories? No, no. Okay. No, no. no. I wonder if Paul has uh, taken whatever uh, skills he had at at that time and grew them over the years. Where is he at now? What's he doing now? (laughs) I wish these guys, Dan, I wish these guys recorded a version of Manta is a friend of mine. I've got a friend in Manta. Manta Pepper. All right, Dan Duran's news will be uh, with us later on. Also, Toronto Mike's going to drop in. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. He will never leave you flat. Jesus Here comes Jeremy Taggart. Do you want to do a mention Jesus first? Yeah, 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 do it. Hey, whether you're a sports bet or a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Go to Bodog today. Wager on just about any sport under the sun. That's Bodog. You know, I'm not 100% sure, but this sounds like the kind of track that Taggart probably drummed on. You know, but one of those things where they got him to drum on Jesus is a friend of mine, but he didn't want his name attached to the record. (laughs) Do you know this song? (laughs) Pretty tight. Uh, For many years, our uh, next guest was the uh, drummer for a... uh, a combo known as Our Lady Peace. And uh, for the last uh, number of years, he's like, fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. He's the host of uh, one of Canada's most popular podcasts. But I wonder what that's like. What does that even feel like? Um, with Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Torres, they've even published a book called Canadianida. Canadianity. Tales from the True North, Strong and Freezing. <laughs> and uh, an occasional golf buddy of mine, Jeremy Taggart, is here. Hey, Jeremy. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, Jer. Good, Jeremy. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Um, what is? Where are you right now? What are you in? It looks. Different. I'm in my drum room here oh, in okay. the basement. <laughs> wow. You know, Jeremy's a really, really nice guy. I want to start off with that. Uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, my uh, daughter Charlie was getting into drumming and. She wanted to take some lessons. She was taking some lessons from this normal dude. And I said, well, let me, let me talk to Jeremy. Because Jeremy had said that every once in a while he'll teach a little bit. And I, I lined it up. And Jeremy gave Charlie... Jeremy Taggart gave my daughter a drum lesson. Wow. How nice... What, who even does that? 
Well, I mean, I actually owe your daughter another lesson that I'm waiting to do. So it's, it's not just the one, but I, I'm waiting did, to did do I, the second Did, did I pay for two? That's fine. You did. Yeah, yes, she, you dude, paid for two. She's moved on. She's running a marathon in October, so she's got no time for drumming. Um, yeah, that's okay. I'm waiting, though. If there ever needs to be another one, I'm here for sure. Are you still doing the uh, Taryn, the Torrent, the, what is it called? Uh, Taggart and Torrens? Are you still doing it? Yeah, yeah, for how, sure. There's a new one coming down the pike right now. How often do you do it? I We try to do it uh, once a week, you know, um, but the summertime months, it's been a little difficult this year, but uh, we try to do once a week. Do you, same thing, do you have, like, sponsors, and did you are you able to sell it? And that's always the first question when it comes yeah, to Yeah, well, podcasts. we... we uh, we're, we uh, we have a deal with uh, the, the podcast exchange. I don't know if you guys have heard of that uh, agency, but uh, they do kind of like they they represent a few podcasts in the country, and they just kind of find sponsors, and it's uh, you know it works. It's cool. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's a good. You know, we've been sustaining ourselves for twelve years, but we all we do we do all that ourselves, and we've been approached by a couple of. You know, companies like that. And we have a small agency that sells us. But is it uh, without getting, you know, too personal? But is it is it is it enough money like to keep you interested in it? Or is it just kind of fun money on the side? It's really it's it's enough money to like, you know, pay for the odd thing. It's not it's it's not it's like, you know, a few grand every few months. It's not definitely not enough to like pay the rent or the bills. It's more about like. Oh, you know, if we need to buy a flight once or twice a year, sure. So <laughs> for the podcast, yeah. So for fa- and we'll get to. Uh, what, I, I'm kind of curious too because I know I'm gonna. I'm. I'm actually. Are you gonna? Am I gonna see you in early September as usual with that thing? This year, I won't actually. No, not seriously. For the first time ever. Yes, I have to have a session. I can't do it. Because uh, Jeremy and I play in an annual uh, thing, uh, usually in the early part of September, and I've already, I've signed up for it again, thinking, oh, well, I'm going to see you then. So what? Yeah. Do, so for people who don't, other than playing the occasional uh, uh, game of golf and doing the the podcast with Jonathan, what what is paying the bills for Jeremy Taggart these days? You don't have you're not subscribed to my OnlyFans. I see. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not not under my real name. Mm. <laughs> what might we see there? That's right. Taggart after dark. That's right. Oh, That's oh, hey. No, wait a second. That's not a drumstick. He's beating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put stand stand around to shame. That's right. What is he? No, what is I, he I drumming mean, I, on? I do. I do. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything, Howard. I do uh, session work, uh, teaching, uh, corporate stuff like a little bit of everything i i i'm uh i'm busy in that regard well tell fred about the tell a lot of little things not, the, not one big thing the last time we talked i don't know when it was in the spring but you were you were on your way i can't remember what we were talking about but you said oh i can't i think we were trying to get together in golf and you said i can't because you were on your way describe this situation without you know telling the names about somebody hired you to be in their corporate band or to put together a yeah. band well, I've done that where, yeah, I, I play with, with people that are in a corporate industry, um, a, a, a situation where a company gets together and the employee, employees play and, and uh, you know, they get an opportunity to kind of play music at a different level. And, and uh, we've grown. We're doing I've been doing uh, stuff with the band now for almost two years and we're getting better and better. And we have 
not just corporate gigs, but gigs and rehearsals. So it's kind of a, a great environment for for people that are in that world to kind of enjoy music, you know, on a different level. Do you hobnob at all? Like I listening to the Smartless uh, podcast, you know, actors tend to hang out with actors. Do you like hobnob with, I don't know, other Toronto guys like Drake or, you know, The Weeknd? Do you ever like... <laughs> Not and not those guys, but I mean, I have I, I pr- Getty Lee. Most, what's that? Getty Lee. Yeah, well, I played on Getty's solo record years ago, but uh, you know, I mean, I know most of the musicians in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hobnob with a lot of the musicians for sure, but not not maybe not Drake in the weekend, <laughs> oh, okay. but yeah. like I, the Arkells and all those types of people are all, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I just sure. love the fact that now I'm, I'm, that we're about to say hobnob for the third time on this program, probably. Yeah. Ever. Well, what, where I was going, if you said yes to Drake, I was going to say, what's that house like? Because apparently oh. it's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've not been to Drake's house, but uh, I'm sure it is something. I believe I always have the we, well, on the podcast, me and Jonathan joke that that Bert, uh, actually Gordon Lightfoot, the late Gordon Lightfoot's house was, I think, like right beside Drake's in the bridal path and. We oh, always yeah. joke that they have like underground tunnels that connect <laughs> their right. houses and they party together. <laughs> right. um, I also like to think that Gord, like their houses in the bridal path have these tunnels that like could go to like Young and Bloor under one way or sure. another, take you up to like Young and Bloor. Like the path. Like the path. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> and it turns out all, all there is is a tunnel to the local 7 yeah. Eleven. Um, <laughs> Now, so you you described this corporate thing. I, I thought that was a one-off. So you've actually been enlisted by a corporation to... I thought at first when we were talking about it, like it was a team-building thing. It kind of is, yeah. It's morale, and but it's also... Uh, it's great for... Because for, for, if you're, if you're a, you know, you jam once or twice is one thing, but if you can, like, develop a set list and, uh, you know, get more people to get involved in different types of music with uh, different types of people throughout the company. So it's a, just a really cool way for, for uh, people to, to have to, to learn and experience. So music. this is an ongoing gig for you? And you're the band's like sort of musical director, besides, besides the fact that they have Jeremy Taggart drumming for them. You sort of, what, put together the songs and you, you recruit them? And how does it work? It's not recruiting. It's literally just kind of being a, a soundboard and an ear to 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 kind of uh i guess levy everything you know any of these guys surprise you in their ability to play yes absolutely yeah and the other thing about it is like you know after a few months when you're a decent musician and you're playing kind of i I don't know like a certain level of Mm. of of playing you you start to get better faster you know so it's just uh it's interesting it's similar to if like i have a drum student who's really into it and and it's like I just have to show them one thing and the, the, the next week they already have that thing right you can ready tell. For, yeah. for to to learn to the next level so you know when people are into music it, it's uh you can get better a lot quicker if you do the right you know steps do you think anyone can learn the drums i think anybody can learn what drums are and uh, maybe get an idea for what it is to take it to the next step and or to be a, a leader on that thing that's mm. a whole other yeah, it's tough. a whole other ball yeah and play you know what always got me but because i'm not the most sort of rhythmic guy but you know moving the hands and the feet at the same time 
is something that I <laughs> thought I might always struggle with. But singing while playing the drums, is it true that that's harder than playing the guitar and singing? I don't know. I mean, it depends. Again, it depends on the person. Like Levon <laughs> Helm, who's a fantastic drummer with the band, I, he, he said it was easier to sing and play drums really? and to, to play drums and not sing. So I, mm-hmm. I think it depends on what you're doing as a musician. Like I find if I'm drumming and I, and it's a very strong melody, it's easy to play along with that melody and just kind of sit behind the vocal when mm-hmm. you're playing a track than it is to just play a track and not think about what the vocal's doing. So it depends on the musician, for sure. So the, the most famous drummer-singers are Levon Le- Helm, uh, Glenn Fry, Don Henley, you mean? I'm sorry, Don Henley, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Famous one. And, and do you, because you, you said you thought Levon Helm was a good drummer. Do you, in your opinion, uh, were the other guys good drummers as well? In the band? Yeah, what, like, or in my band? In, no, the, in the, were, were those guys good drummers as yeah, well as no. good singers? Well, I mean, Levon Helm was a great anything. Like you put a mandolin and or guitar, or anything in his hands, and he would have blown you away as his with with his musicianship. Wow. But uh, Richard Manuel, who played piano and vocals, he was actually a really great drummer too. He did play drums for a spell in the band. So I think probably only those two guys. We're the only drummers in the band, but uh, no, I'm talking about as well. You because we mentioned uh, Don Henley, yeah, and uh, Phil Collins. Phil Did Collins. you think those guys were good drummers as well? Absolutely, for sure. I, I think I mean uh, Phil Collins more than Don Henley. I think Phil Collins is kind of one of those uh, drummers that people don't realize how how uh, next level talented that he was in bands like Brand X, and obviously the early Genesis stuff is just shows. How, how much chops that he actually mm-hmm. had. And if you listen, I mean, Neil Peart, I would say Neil Peart's biggest influence was Phil Collins. And if you think mm-hmm. about uh, those early Genesis records and, and the way that the drumming is on that, it's very kind of, you, it makes sense where Neil Peart came from when you listen to those records. Well, don't they say about that about Ringo as well? He was really underrated. Yeah, Ringo had a thing where it's just his time was impeccable and he had a great feel, almost like a swing more than a straight. Like instead of, mm-hmm. it was like, almost like a swing to his patterns always. Mm. And that kind of lent him to be a great drummer. And that's why he was hired all the time, because he'd be playing in bands and all of a sudden people get off their ass and start dancing just right away. It's a thing, man. Yeah. Uh, back to hobnobbing. Um, he wasn't a drummer, but Robbie Robertson. Did you ever get the opportunity to be around him or talk to him or meet well, I, him? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, a funny story. My mom actually went on a date with Robbie Robertson back in the sixties. Wow. My father was a, a musician in that same scene, and my mom. It's like kind of that Simpsons episode where they, they go out on the date, and she's like, "He was a little handsy." <laughs> she said he was a little bit. A little bit much towards the end of the date. Like, wait a second. Like, too much too fast. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of. Uh... But I, no, but then I went on. We were recording at the Village Recorder in Los Angeles. And he had an office in there. And he would always be going up to this office with some babe on his right. arm. Right. Like random <laughs> woman. And anyway, I, I caught up to him one day and I told him hi. 
you know, I was a big fan and, uh, um, you know, mentioned that my father played in the same scene and he was just like, I don't give a shit, whatever, good luck with that kind of thing he hit me with and just like walked up the stairs. So, well, I thought you were going to say, uh, I thought you were going to say, hey, I, 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 you, did you, apparently you felt my mommy's boobs. Yeah, <laughs> you I didn't even bother going that far. It's like he, he was kind of an asshole straight up before that. So I never oh. had to get to the, hey, by the way, my mom said you were a yeah, ball. My mom you says know? you tried oh. to grab her titty. That's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be disappointing, though, when you really admire somebody and yeah, they but give you I'd that heard, shit. I, I'd heard stories, and especially if you read like Levon Helm's book that he wrote, he talks about how much of a an asshole Robbie Robertson was with mm. their publishing and just like literally taking his name and writing it on masters without even telling the other guys. Oh, so, okay. I mean, the thing about the band is Levon Helm was always their leader, and he was a stalwart in terms of, like, teaching them how to play their own instruments. And then, you know, that first record was all Levon. And, that, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ronnie Hawkins, I interviewed him, and he told me the same thing. Like, Levon was always the leader of that band and when he heard that first record he's like man that's all leave on yeah. so um just i just feel that especially reading leave book that uh, i always had a thing kind of like what's up with robbie robertson so it's just you know it's obviously super talented and uh, i mean everybody in that band were just legendary musicians mm-hmm. period so that's you know you know and, and, and listen it happens and you know a lot of times again it's circumstances and artists are you know they're artists for a reason you know i don't know if we've ever talked about the book canadianity uh tales from the true north strong and freezing how long ago did you guys do that and what would we find in the pages of that are there any more stories of you hobnobbing in those pages <laughs> yes for sure there's there uh yeah there's stories of uh we try to do Stories from each province, uh, uh, both Jonathan and I growing up in Canada or touring or working in this country. And uh, yeah, it came out 2017. So and it's just kind of a retrospective of us growing up in this country and mm-hmm. our our perspective. Um, and uh, the uh, podcast now, you guys have been doing it. Like, we're, like I said, we weren't a year 12 as of October. You guys have been yeah, doing you guys have been doing a long time, too. I think we've been doing it since 2014, so mm-hmm. coming up on nine years, yeah. Which is very unusual in the world of podcasting, because a lot of our experience yeah. has been, well, it is, and everyone thinks they can it do is. it. A lot of ex-broadcasters uh, have come to us, and you know, we've given our studio to them, and they do two or three, and they go, well, this fucking is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hard to keep at it, as yeah. you know. I mean, you guys really kind of are the legends in this world. Yes, this, please I, tell I people that. You guys are the, the starters. You guys are the first ones that were like, fuck terrestrial radio, let's do this. Like, I, I appreciate everything that you guys have done and how you've done it. And uh, Well, tell Drake you know, that when you're hanging out with him next. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will. Is the Aubrey, weekend a good Aubrey. golfer? Hmm. Me and Aubrey? What's, is who a good golfer? The weekend is he a good golfer? <laughs> anyway, um, but you speak about you, no. You talk about legacies and stuff. Um, the other day, I'm listening to Canoe FM up out of Halliburton, and the song "Clumsy" comes on, and I'm thinking, I mean, your legacy through that band. I mean, pretty impressive. Um, 
And yeah, this week uh, they've added uh, some more people to the uh, uh, Walk of Fame, Canada's Walk of Fame. Avril Lavigne is on it. And when, when I heard we were having you on today, have you guys got anything like that? Or are you part of anything like that? Or has, has your legacy been recognized on any level? OLP, I think their time will come for all that stuff, definitely. Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, maybe uh, Rain more than I have maybe pissed off a couple people in in some of those rooms, whether it be the time we played at the Junos and didn't play the same song and kind of pissed off everybody. I'm sorry, we don't know that story. What is that? What happened? We were supposed to play, I think, Starseed, and we ended up playing like a new song that nobody had heard. Oh, and it was a, like all the camera people were like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" <laughs> okay, wait a second, did you did, did you guys block the original song and then came out and shot yes. something else? Yeah, that would piss yeah, them off. We, like practiced Starseed, and then as soon as it was really live, we changed it. And it's like, you know, when you do stuff like that, you, it makes sense that you didn't get the call yet for the for the Hall of Fame, but. When you look at the numbers of how many records OLP sold and the impact oh. we had in this country, it's like, well, come on. It's like it's only a matter of time. Cause yeah. We've already sold more records than most of the bands in there. And in the early stages, I don't know if to use the word alternative, but now with Canadian content and the way things have changed, there's a, it's played a lot across this country every day of the week. There's no Every time I get in my yeah. car. I hear mm-hmm. it every single time. It's, it's uh, you know, when you have 90 minutes of songs that people know, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're going into those places, the halls of fames and the yeah, walk I, of yeah. fame. I'm curious, when, yeah. you, when you hear a song in your car, uh, Star Seed or something, uh, somewhere out there. I, I got the, I got the track list here. There's a lot of great songs. We played, of course, Fred and I played a ton of them at, mm-hmm. the, at the Edge. But mm-hmm. when you hear it, well, two parts. What was it like the first time? Because you were just a kid. You were 17. What was it like yeah. the first time you heard one of the songs you played on on the radio? And now when you listen to it as an older guy with a bit of uh, mileage, do you are you instantly transported back to that day in, in the session? Uh, well, the first time I, I heard our song, and it was on 102.1 back in 94 or whatever it is, when we, I remember literally handing handing alan cross a tape of our demo and you know mm-hmm. back then i don't know which day of the week but uh somebody had a show where they play new music and uh so yeah hearing hearing uh our first single Birdman on 102 was definitely a thing you know like sitting around the car all of us like yeah this is a, it's happening right so that definitely was a moment and now it's more like if it's on, I'll like start laughing and turn it off because I don't want to like embarrass myself in front of my kids, you know. <laughs> so I usually change no, I the channel. Mm-hmm. But if I'm alone, I'll I'll listen just to kind of take myself back. But yeah, it definitely puts like, you in uh, the capsule. And if, if it's something, for example, like an older song, I'll be like, God damn, listen how bad this track is. The drums are super terrible, but like. You know, I appreciate the feeling and the mm-hmm. and the vibe of it all, but yeah, for sure, you but, just but, listen back and go, "Man, I wish I could do that." But are again. are there songs when you listen back, like it'll come on the radio? I don't know, name one. Uh, Superman is dead. Are there some songs where you go, "Oh man, I was I was on that day," or that, or your sure because pro- yeah. I, I know, yeah. and we've said this before about you, and it's not I want to embarrass you, but you know, for people, you know, Jeremy's considered one of the best drummers. 
in the in 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 rock, not just now, but has always been considered a, a very 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 good drummer. So as a very good drummer, high level uh, professional, are there some stuff where you kind of go, man, I fucking had it there. That was really good. Uh, yeah, like the first record, I was very young and green. It was so there's like it's like uh, it's almost painful to listen to, but it's clumsy and on. I'm okay with anything is fine for sure. <laughs> like the second record on. And there, you know, moments like One Man Army, for example, I feel that's a great example of, of my playing. And uh, why, why is that? that? So, yeah. Why, why that uh, one? Because One Man Army is just because it's really messed up and difficult to play. Okay. <laughs> Hang on, Freddie. Let's just do that. We don't often do a musical <laughs> retrospect. So is, this, <laughs> is it because of the... Did, did, and, and, and how does that work? You design it. You say, hey, I've got an idea for what this could sound like. Yeah. If you listen, the drums are very busy. And yes. And it's now let it linger. Here, let's just listen to this. Like the accents all over the place. Right. Yeah, it's not just two forces. <laughs> no. Hold your hand. Take a deep breath. Give them the finger. Are you worried that that's not Man, I get it. Yeah, so and it gets crazier and crazier by the guitar solo. The drums really get amped up. But that, I mean, that's a, that's one of those things where that was our third or fourth record where I felt I was third record. I felt I was finally in control and I could kind of play what I feel without getting nervous. You know. Right. So yeah, that's a good example of something where it's just a little more controlled. Are there tutorials on the internet where people are trying to figure out how to play that? <laughs> there must be. Well, I've seen like really good drummers say, "Hey, I'm going to cover this song," and I was like, "Well, you didn't really get this part or this part right, right. but nice right. try." Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but generally, being self-critical, that's not unique. I mean, honestly, even what we do. So I hate listening to myself, and I think Howard said the same thing. Yeah, I hate listening it's, to you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's, uh, it's hard why, to listen to yourself. Is. Yeah. And, and, and like honestly, once you get to a certain level, why do you want? Why would you want yeah. to listen to yourself? The, the truth <laughs> is, the, the truth is, you know, I I, make, I feel exactly the same. I've never listened to an entire one of our shows all the way no. through. I can't stand it. You know, but I'm sure if you have a fu- like, you hear a funny moment happen, you love Absolutely. to kind of mind sure. that, and when you listen, it's still funny. For Absolutely, sure, right? Yeah. Um, is this the part you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. solo by the way by jamie edwards and mike turner in there you once told me uh on a i can't remember having a conversation about because i was having a similar conversation about singing and uh rain's voice and i think we talked about this once before we were on with freddie and i how he had trouble with his voice you know playing night after night you can sort of see being the lead singer isn't easy for a lot of reasons no. um and and some, so you, you maybe talk a little bit about that how tough it was you know in the studio to and replicate his sort of unique singing style live well that's the thing i think on the first record it's ambitious and and a lot of the melodies were were difficult for rain so it was like to sing that first record was hell on his voice coming and then we you know when mm. you go out and you tour for a year 
I mean, there are moments where it's like you, you kind of have to go through like I can't you lose your voice and then you regain it and then you're kind of more seasoned for playing live. But uh, I mean, I, I find I think that was Rain's thing out in the gate was that he picked such difficult melodies and r- routes to sing. It mm-hmm. was just not not easy on his voice to start touring. So um, I think that that. He probably realized after that to, you know, tone it down a bit a more. Yeah. Well, just like at least pick a key or pick a, a, a melody that's going to work more and not going to kill him. You yeah. know, <laughs> and how's that going? Do you guys still uh, keep in touch on any level or I still talk to to uh, Duncan and Mike uh, and, and Mike Turner. And I talk to to uh, Steve, the guitar player with them now. So, yeah, I, I, I talk to everybody but Rain. And you know that's I'm, that's cool. <laughs> well, you t- we talked about you getting into the some kind of Hall of Fame or whatever. You know mm-hmm. the, and we're friends mm-hmm. with the the bare naked ladies as well. And Steve, yeah, um, Steve uh, Page. Page. Page, thank you. So we've and we've had this conversation with him when they were inducted. That was the first time they'd all gotten back together and played together since their breakup. Yeah. If they approached you and said, hey, we're going to induct you guys, would you consider playing with them again for that night or no? In celebration, anything can happen for sure. But, um, you know, I left for many reasons and uh, those reasons are still intact. But um, definitely to celebrate is, is a different thing. You know, it's not the same thing. No, and you, you, the spin you put on it, you're doing it for your fans who made you successful. Absolutely, for sure. Which would be Definitely. a great moment. Which be would be a great moment for them. Yeah, yeah, that's a good totally. attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like their drummer now? I, I mean, I, I don't. I think I might have met him. I'm, I might. I'm not sure if I've met him in person. I think I've said hello online. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's fine. You, you just know? pointed out how difficult it is to play some of the stuff that you laid down as the original yeah. tracks on those songs. Um, have, yeah. but I, I guess you have not had a chance to hear, hear his version yeah, I of it. I definitely don't like like listen to live versions and say, oh, no, yes, no. Like, <laughs> You're like, I, no. I don't take it that far. <laughs> well, listen, man, it's always fascinating catching up. I've been following, uh, I've mentioned this many times, how I go back and forth with Jeremy on Twitter or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. What, what is? I, I saw this the other day. <laughs> I saw this the other day, and you said something. I because I, I follow you, and I, you're one of the f- first people I check. What does it mean to be shadow banned? I don't understand well, that. I I think I I was or or for a bit because I noticed like I I made a maybe two or three too many comments about Elon and this, how much of a shitstorm Twitter <laughs> has become. Yeah, and I just kind of noticed my viewers views on tweets went from like whatever like. 10,000 to like 2,000. So I'm like, Mm. well, and then somebody suggested to me, it's like, hey, I think you might be shadow banned, which means if you search for your name, it doesn't come up. So there are people saying, hey, I put up Taggart and there's like, it doesn't come up. So I think that's what it is. And it's in that realm. So I think I was, I I did notice like a little bit of a a higher uh, viewership to the last few, but I mean, it got to the point where I was like putting something out there and it's like, five six people saw it i'm like wow man what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah. so elon is pissed at you he's pissed at you or yeah. whatever they have <laughs> algorithms maybe that's like you know if they if they Identify, see enough yeah. They, yeah for sure mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's, it's a 
it's a screwed up space, but uh, you know, we we try to keep in contact through these shitty spaces sometimes. No, and I, well, you always make me laugh, and you and I go back and forth, and I, I enjoy <laughs> yeah. some of the stupid shit we say to each other. Well, uh, the funniest thing is when we is when we call each other, and if we pick up the phone, like, oh, oh my, <laughs> I know, me. this is a phone call. I don't do that. I know. We're like, what is this? Your actual voice? Don't call right. me. We weren't scheduled <laughs> like, yo, for a when, call. When the, phone, when the phone's ringing, there's a scream that goes with, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, Taggart and Torrance, uh, new episodes weekly or whenever they feel like it in the book Canadianity. Uh, and always a great follow on Twitter. Uh, what is your Twitter handle? I don't have it in front of me. At Taggart7, T-A-G-G-A-R-T-7. And then, uh, yeah, TaggartandTorns.ca for all your TNT needs. All right, man. Well, you're a very funny, kind, and talented human being. And you know what? Why not? Why not be all those things? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks, fellas. Thanks, buddy. Okay, Jeremy. Good to see you. And I'm bummed that that little tournament we've been seeing each other at. That's the one time, like, over the last 10 years, I don't think we've missed it. I know. So let's try and get a round of golf in the fall and together. I'd love to, man. All right, buddy. All right. Take care, Jer. Bye, guys. See you later. Yeah, you you, you were asking about that. Uh, I've always been fascinated by that ability to do something with your hands that they do and then different things Both with your feet. feet. Fuck me. Like, like there's a name yeah. for that. It's, it's like being able to separate something in your brain. I just, mm-hmm. I've always found that fascinating, too. It's crazy. And I imagine that's, uh, for some people, that's just like a non-starter. If you're not capable of that, I don't know what you yeah. teach yourself that or... I don't know. I think it's like a lot of things, too. If you start when you're a kid, like his father was a drummer, so it's somewhere, in, you know, yeah. the same way, like, you know, my dad was a pretty decent golfer, you know, not maybe at my level, but a good golfer and really interested in the game. So I was around somebody that was teaching it, and I sort of just kind of grew up around it, you know? But you know, Howard, for airplay, I mean, we touched on that a bit. Like, I mean, maybe, like, there's the Tragically Hip, of course, but as far as Canadian rock bands Mm -hmm. getting airplay across many formats now, I mean, these guys, it's... And again, we've often talked about on CFNY at the time, we played a lot of music that people thought, oh, that's weird, and now you would hear it on CHFI. Oh, yeah. That stuff, um... But as I said, just listen to a little dinky station in Halliburton and Clumsy came on and I thought, wow. <laughs> when you were uh, when you were that, they must have been a staple of oh, that format. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And of course, I mean, it, it was sort of a step outside with the Canadian music because, again, it was a straight up rock station. But... <laughs> Our Lady Peace. How how do you not, right? I mean, if it's CanCon and it's quality, how do you not bring it in? Yeah, I was going to say that uh, we played the shit out of them at uh, the edge, like a lot. But, uh, and again, I could have asked them that. I forgot I was going there. But again, the how involved he is with the publishing and the writing and the residuals um i think we asked Somebody, him last somebody's time. doing okay yeah well probably rain mainly mm-hmm. but i think we asked him that i think the band has shared some of the publishing yeah yeah but again they're in uh, that might be part of the problem the animosity between he and rain i yeah I, i'm again i'm sure we've 
we've had that conversation. I can't really remember. I know, yeah, there's definitely something. And I've never really gotten into it with him too much. Here comes Tim Niblett. Well, it really doesn't matter at this point, does it? No. No. I uh, I knew Rain a little bit. when I, I met both Rain and uh, Jeremy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, gravitated toward Jeremy because Jeremy has a sense of humor. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that. No, and he Jeremy was pretty was, intense. Yeah, Rain was very intense. Um, <clears throat> so Our Lady Peace, it still functions with a different drummer i didn't even know yes, that different yeah different drummer different guitar player too like i've never i haven't heard like a new release like do they have new music out there i never oh heard. yeah oh they play okay. I, you know and you know and of course continue to tour and okay you know they're like like the bare naked ladies i know they've put out a couple of records that you know have come and gone without us really yes yes good uh point. timothy are you uh, ready are you able to uh is your everything working? You have a look of consternation on your face. Any more than normal, you mean? Oh, no, there you are. Okay, stand by. Yeah, I think we're all good. I even got my uh, trademark orange on for you and everything. Fantastic. Right on. It's getting um, close, eh? It's getting yeah, close. Yeah, it is. Um, I hope Lorna's not listening, but in a moment of weakness uh, the other day, I bought a Swamp Experience. That's the uh, that's the stadium, the name of the stadium that the, the Gators play in, of course. And uh, at the end of the third quarter, uh, my buddy Gordy Crowther and I, uh, he doesn't know this yet, are going to be down on the field for the singing of the We Are The Boys, and uh, I Won't Back Down with 92,000 of Our Closest Friends. Wow. Wow. And that's the Swamp Experience? It's one of them. You can uh, hang with the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. You can help the uh, training guys get the unis ready and everything. I think you can kind of be near the, the tunnel. There's a wide variety. You can play on the field before or after the game. Jesus. All, all kinds of cool stuff. Well, listen, man. Timmy, you're living the life, brother. Whatever makes you happy when it comes mm-hmm. to that football team, whatever uh, experience you uh, avail yourself of, we endorse. Uh, it's another chance to chat with the retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet or RaymondJames.ca. He's our buddy. I had a chance to hang out with Tim uh, Saturday. We were a uh, team. I called it Team Niblet. I gave you uh, naming rights. Well, the way you played the back line there, partner, I think it should have been Team, uh, what, uh, GSL there. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, actually. We had a good time. You know, there were some moments. There's always moments. There's always moments. I played uh, with Tim on um, Saturday. I played with Fred on Monday. And you know, uh, Tim, I was at the course on Monday, and I, Howard, I, I, I haven't talked to you about this, but I went through the whole experience without really making any mistakes, uh, be it um, crashing vehicles or <laughs> hitting anyone with a ball or um, even uh, basic protocol. Is that true? Or uh? Yeah, you were, uh, you were a, a fantastic partner for all those three reasons. Yes, you were a golfer. Because right. I'm nervous whenever I go there. Very nervous. I, I don't know why. There was no rolling of the clubs into the uh, burn this time, Fred? Yeah. <laughs> no. That was the best. Uh, that's Of all the things, hitting people, uh, the first, uh, was that our very first time we ever went out together with you, where he yes. rolled the golf cart into the, into the water on the very first hole? Tracy. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, I know. I know. But well, no, you I, were You great. ask why I'm nervous? That's why. You, you shouldn't. You know, history. History. Uh, I'm looking at this. Was the, uh, the 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 notes you sent us last week that we're going to talk about this week, right? 
Yes, I now know where the on switch is for my computer, so we're all set, ready to, <laughs> to go. I wasn't going to bring it, dude. I wasn't going to bring it up because yeah, he explained it to me on Saturday what happened. I'm like, I don't. Gee, should we mention that? <clears throat> and two of the three guys in the group were clients of mine, and I had to. Uh, oh, that's know, right. There was uh, another client aware there. Yeah. Oh, that was great. So, so usually you just leave it on, but this time it was off, and you didn't know how to turn it on. Well, there is a super long version, but the mostly <laughs> short version is, is that. Uh, our daughter turned it off. They were here visiting. So, you know, yeah. that's cool. Don't want to disturb the, the kids sleeping. Right. And uh, so that's often a challenge. And uh, it, it just went from bad to worse there. I, I had Lorna's computer going, but Zoom wouldn't load. It was, <laughs> it was a fun morning. But in oh, the end, those. but in the end, it really was a an on-off switch issue. Let's talk about something you are good at, uh, which is uh, financial advice. Uh, I've been looking here at the notes. Something called stochastic versus linear when it comes to projections what are we talking about well you know me i don't go into that their lingo very often but i thought this would be a fun one the stochastic so it, it kind of ties into the monte carlo simulation which is below now when we do uh plans for people when we do projections for people we, we just do linear like one of our faults is six percent uh, return would be the one we'd use for an extended period of time, 3% inflation, uh, just to not be too optimistic, right? If you're extrapolating over decades, you can't say, oh, yeah, you're going to get 12% and inflation is going to go one and you can retire yesterday. That doesn't add a lot of value. So what a stochastic projection will do is recognize that not every year is going to be the exact same so it will run a whole pile, good old computers, right? Mm. Not as good as Rich Tune and his AI stuff, but uh, it, it'll it'll just show all varying, uh, crazy good, crazy bad, in between, like more like life is, frankly, right? Like twenty, uh, what twenty two was lousy, twenty twenty one was great. So it, they weren't both six percent yet. That's what people average. Mm. What's the, speaking of averages, again, we're sort of, I don't know, would you call this a downturn or we had the downturn? It's sort of a flat time we're in right now. What do you? Uh, this year has been pretty solid overall, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's uh, not made up for uh, last year for the mm-hmm. average Canadian. Uh, thankfully for us, as we talked about, we use that alternative investing the the pension endowment fund style thing so no this year's been pretty solid uh, overall so as part of our projections you know we talked to you said something about the monte carlo simulation which sounds you know very bond like but uh and 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 when when it comes to you know looking ahead you you it says here conservative numbers and a flight plan mm-hmm. corrections what are, what are you talking about with all of that Right. So the the flight plan part would be uh, we would just keep an eye on things over time with people. Classically, it's about every two years or so we'll update things for them uh, unless there's been a big change. So, yeah, so we use conservative numbers, a 6% uh, mm-hmm. return, 3% inflation, as mentioned earlier. Uh, because so what a Monte Carlo simulation does, which is super cool, is, you know, it's like Monte Carlo games, a chance, uh, the stats, all that. It will, in essence, say, based on the parameters you put in, what the odds of that happening are. So uh, we don't use that. It's very complicated and, and little things can goof it up. But we, we do it in, in common sense with the conservative numbers and, and all and, and feel that that's pretty realistic expectation for people. But again, computers, numbers and 
all that, they can really extrapolate it every every which way but loose for mm-hmm. sure. All right, okay. And another reason it's so good to have a guy because I mean you take it to this level and then you know you display it to people and it makes sense and they're rest assured that they're in good hands. It's true. Well, it thank true. you. Thank you. Uh, more on this later next week, but uh, we just met with a, a new listener uh, yesterday. Somebody knows you actually, Fred, awesome guy, wearing an orange shirt, so he's all good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he's going through uh, the kind of normal channels and really paying as much to have no plan and no updates and no wisdom and, and all that. So the most important thing is to have a plan. Most mm-hmm. people don't. And, uh, and monitor it and see what you're on track for and, and make adjustments if you need to. Well said. Yes. Well, Mr. Niblett, always a pleasure being uh, with you here on our program and in person on the golf course. I was very impressed with a lot of things I saw on Saturday. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of well-struck shots. There were some uh, agonizing moments. And, uh, you know, in the end, it was all great. I well, there were that. a lot of shots, so some of them had to be good, I figure. And uh, <laughs> I, I was very excited to hear about my buddy Stan this morning. Good to know he's doing fine there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stan's uh, actually funny because Stan's completely asleep, and the other dog is somewhere in the house. I have no idea, which is great. <laughs> Freddie, what were you going to say there, pal? No, I was going to say I wouldn't mind another crack at uh, Nibblesworth, but uh, I, I don't know how many strokes he'd have to give me. Well, how many do as you like? As long as I don't have a stroke. <laughs> right? I was going to say, how many strokes would you like? Uh, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. He's the retirement Sherpa. Get him on your side. And, of course, we always say is just he's happy to have a second look at what you got. And if what you got is good, he's going to say, fine, keep it. Uh, if not, maybe there's some things he can do for you. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. I'll see you at Ladies' Day today. Mmm. Yes, a pleasure is always great to see you guys and enjoy and profit. Right on, brother. Thanks, my friend. Do, 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 do. Now here comes uh, Dan DeRue, everybody. Uh, before we get Let to Dan. Let me tell you. I got yeah, some stuff. Uh, okay, you oh, go you first. Oh, you got some stuff. Yeah, I, I got, got stuff, stuff too, man. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Architect, a full-service turnkey building partner for their clients. Architect will help create your design right down to... An exacting level of detail. They make sure it gets built to your exact specifications. Hey, it's your backyard. It's got to be done your way. It's got to be done right. It makes it very simple. They uh, source the materials for you, make sure it meets building code requirements, prepare the construction plans, apply for permits if they're needed, and they manage the job site. Yeah, professional, top to bottom. Very professional. Uh, working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right. Give them a call at 647-775-9222 or architect.com. Boron1.com. What is boron and why is it important? Well, just know that it is. It's difficult to comprehend the variety of uses of boron in construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, microelectronics, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications, space travel, Dan, communication satellites, specialty metals, battery technology, and more. Uh, I always say this. If you uh, want to check it out as an investment or have the, you know, the Sherpa check it out for you, Boron One, one of the few uh, companies on planet Earth that is about to get boron out of the ground commercially because it is very difficult. But as you can hear and you will see if you go to boron1.com, 
You'll see how it is so ever-present, ever-present in our day-to-day world, quite importantly, in the world of electronic vehicles. So if you believe that EVs are the way of the future, and you'd be silly not to, there's actually more boron in an electric battery uh, makeup than there is lithium, also a very important uh, metal. So there you go. Check it out. You missed an opportunity there. What's that? You missed an opportunity. To What's go. that, sir? Boron in space. I wish. Now I'll never not do that. <laughs> um, if you believe it, uh, there's more boron in electric battery. And uh, check it out at boron1.com. Uh, we got to do our emails uh, tomorrow. Going to record it tomorrow, so it'll be a longer show. Yeah, we've had uh, we've had some great uh, contributions this week, Howard. Yeah, lots of mm-hmm. lots to choose from. Lots got a, of very interesting. Yeah, got uh, some uh, follow up on uh, social media as well. I'll pick a couple of those for you. Um, mm-hmm. Any top line subject areas? Uh, you know, just a lot of you know. Some good References feedback on the uh, things we say. Yeah, Ozan- oh, okay. Ozempic. We got some follow up on oh. that wonder drug. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of drugs, Dan, do you remember you and I? It was uh, during our time in Calgary when the band played outside uh, west of town. It was not quite Canmore, but it was an outdoor concert. Thousands of people and. Uh, you and I and the uh, young lady I was living with at the time, Jacqueline. And the, um, we did you know, were you part of that that we went to the concert? I don't think so. I don't, I would have remembered seeing the band, the band, the, the band, band, the band, the band, yeah. band. So um, with that prick, Robbie, with that, <laughs> that fucking dickhole. <laughs> Wasn't that great? I mean, I, it's yeah. funny. I was just about to say to uh, Jeremy, so you're glad he's dead. Um, <laughs> I, I, I saw your face when Jeremy said that. It was, you were disappointed because you like Robbie Robertson, but now you find out sure. that he's a bit of a douche. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the... F- f- he not, was. I didn't do a lot of mushrooms when I was a kid. I, I mean, I like them. But one of the times I did mushrooms was backstage at that concert. And it was one of those all-day affairs. And I was to be the one to introduce the band at around 9 o'clock. And this is like a beautiful summer's day in the mountains. And I took these, I ate a bunch of mushrooms. And it just kicked in when I went out to introduce the band. The band band. (laughs) And uh, it was one of those moments. And the reason I remembered it was, of course, you know, the band was a big famous, you know, rock group. (laughs) But the mushroom stand kicked in just when I went to introduce them. And it seemed to me like I sat there for hours before anything came out of my mouth. Mm. And, but it, I guess it was just a couple of seconds. Anyway, if I'd introduced the band, but I, was, I, I found it so amusing that I started laughing. And uh, I was laughing all the way back to uh, the backstage part. And then laughed so hard that I had to crawl to the bathroom. You know, I was almost to the point where I was sick. But uh, I just, whenever I think of the band now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was on mushrooms <laughs> the night I introduced them. You know, when you were younger, you did those things, Freddie. Yeah, and you laughed oh, a couple, nothing. Hey, couple of nights sitting around Dandran's fire at the thing when there was a while there, we got our hands on some hash. One summer, two summers. I remember smoking some of that hash and just laughing so hard. I thought I was gonna yeah get sick. 
Get sick, yeah. 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 People ask me what you mushrooms are like. I would say, make sure, you, mm-hmm. I said, your cheeks are going to hurt the next day. Like, your cheekbones. <laughs> Dan, we should do mushrooms for old time's sake. Old Come time's on. sake. I don't know. Is that part of your medical regimen? Will that interfere uh, with any of your not. systems? It's probably not any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably you're off not. everything now, right? Yeah, I'm off everything. All I've got left yeah. is uh, food. Whenever, and, uh, whenever I hear the word psilocybin. Psilocybin. I think of... Uh, Todd Shapiro, because you know what he's hooked up with. Yeah. And more and more, you're hearing that it's being looked at as maybe a med- medicinal option in North America. Oh, big time. Bigly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some resistance still. Well, yeah, big but you pharma. know, I was downtown uh, recently, and, and now you'll see, because I was ordering yes. doses. I was ordering mm-hmm. mushrooms, not, not like dry mushrooms, but mushroom capsules in really small micro doses. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, but now, just like it was with weed, the gray market, there's all these mushroom dispensaries opening up. The best name I heard, it was shut down last week in Toronto. The name of the place was Fun Guy. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Yeah. it's awesome. (laughs) Dan, did you ever do mushrooms? Yeah, with you. That was a... Another laughing experience. Remember our friend Sammy James? Oh, that's right. Oh, we did mushrooms. Yes, we did mushrooms before the Joe Jackson concert. Oh, right. Yeah. And I remember just behind the radio station, uh, that five-story building that we... Uh, oh, that's, uh, that was in Calgary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I just remember like in the street, that street behind, it would, I guess it would have been 16th or something. And we just were there laughing that hard yeah yeah i'm really right hard. on the street for whatever stupid reason I but i thought we did mushrooms before we went to the uh, theater there the outdoor theater in san francisco that was this, the story where we had we, we saw joe jackson and we were so high we couldn't find our car i don't remember that all right well i remember the theater though that, that uh, on the hillside there yeah but the right <clears throat> amount of a a, a fun uh, laughing drug and then seeing Joe Jackson, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Outdoors, too. Eh? Yeah. I'd seen Joe Jackson a couple times. Once in Calgary at a uh, hockey rink, the small one, not uh, not the Saddle Dome or whatever it's become, but like a really small rink, like a couple thousand people. Same woman that I was with, the young, the, the, when at the time I was 22, she was 23. She was from uh, Wales, and I didn't know who Joe Jackson was. And she's the one that introduced me to him. I fucking love um, Joe Jackson. And, and why, when you first mentioned her, uh, only those who could see the visual through Facebook, why did you hold your hands out in front of your chest <laughs> yes, when you had. mentioned her name? What, what, what was that all about? What well, she, that? at the time, was blessed with enormous breasts. Enormous. Oh. Yeah, like super size. Biggest I've super ever size. seen. Biggest I've ever seen. <laughs> Boing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Biggest boobs I've ever been with or seen since. Even since, yeah. Like enormous. Okay. Like the size of your yeah. giant head. <laughs> uh, Dan, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right, now. Here's okay. to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes to ask for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Dockside Here's movie anchor Television series regular And Humble and Fred uh, Official uh, newsroom uh, um, occupant 
Dan Duran. <laughs> There's a lot. Nice Sorry, I kind of I yeah. ran out of steam there at the end of that. I yeah. I admit that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, China doesn't like us. In a media statement, the Chinese Foreign Ministry announced an additional 78 countries that have been added to a list of destinations approved for outbound group tourism. And it included Japan and South Korea and Australia, the U.K. and the U.S. But travel agents from uh, mainland China, they work this list. They promote and book uh, travel for for, for uh, Chinese nationals. Uh, CBC News asked uh, asked about Canada. And their response was, uh, the Canadian side has repeatedly hyped up the so-called Chinese interference and rampant and discriminatory anti-Asian acts, and words are rising significantly in Canada. Mm. Which is astonishing compared to whatever's going on in the United States with all this. But Maybe Phil Canada's was right. What was Phil right no, about? Phil, no, we're the Chinese secret police. Oh, right. They're all, all, all over, over Canada. All over Canada. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was crazy. It was almost to the point of hilarity. Of course, when you said the Chinese don't like us, I immediately thought, you mean Fred and I? How do they have? They heard the show? (laughs) Give it a chance, Chinese. Come on. Yeah, but they they did have police stations or something in Canada that they were supposed to have. Remember that? They're fucking around. They're fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking fucking around. But I'll tell you, as far as uh, countries in the world um, I would want to visit, that's not even on my list. Not even on my list. Wait, what's on your list? Hmm? Where's your list? Well, Do you have your list with you? I have my list. Yeah, I have my back pocket here. You want to see? <laughs> I bet you Does it include 78 countries? <laughs> no, no. It starts with Newfoundland. That's, that's, a country, that's yeah. not a country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, places I'd like to visit. Right. But anyway. What about uh, a lot of people do the uh, Thailand, Vietnam. Yes. Uh, that part of Asia, like... I'm somewhat fascinated by that. Same here, Howard. And not just to go on a sex fucking tour, you know, like Dan wants to. Mm-hmm. If I had a nickel for every time Dan said, hey, do you want to go on a sex tour of, <laughs> of Thailand and Vietnam and such? I'm like, no, oh, Dan. nothing but hand jobs and hot tubs yeah, over there, Dan. Howard. Seriously, Dan. Mm-hmm. Thailand's a great place, actually. You've I'm been sure there. You got, yeah, I've been there. You What's guys it are- like over there? It's uh, kind of like you'd expect. It's tropical and, you know, it's got oceans. And I did some diving and stuff there. Went up to uh, Chiang Mai. And Is it true you can get a hand job on the street? Muff diving, Dan. Muff diving. Is it true you can get a hand job on the street, Dan? I don't know. I've, I didn't try. God Bang. damn Bangkok Dan. is the place for that kind of thing. But Bangkok, yeah, I don't know. It's hot tubs. Hand jobs in hot tubs. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <that>? jobs in <laughs> hot tubs. <laughs> <laughs> and muff diving These are a few of our favorite things. Um, yeah, you know what, Howard, about that trip, though? It's one of those things you just got to make the decision one day because it's yeah. a lot of planning. Yeah, it's yeah. very far. You need time. You just got to just... G- Get to it. And that's the position we're in. We'd love to go there, but uh, it's a lot of planning. Yeah, I have that conversation with people about Australia, about the uh, mm-hmm. about that part of Asia, and people that have been. I said that to somebody recently. Do I have to go to Australia? And what will I see there? Because we'll, it's, you know, we're getting down to, like, number of years left, number of opportunities yes. to travel. Like, my older brother, uh, super smart Dave, 
is going to Australia for a couple months, like November, December, most of that. He'll be traveling over there. And I think you need that kind of time. And then well, what do you oh, do yeah. over there? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Australians. I haven't been to Australia, but I've been to New Zealand, and that's a fascinating country. As a matter of fact, most of the pe- most people I know that have done that tour prefer New Zealand to Australia as far as geography and experience. Yeah, yeah they're, they're rolling hills. It's green. It's amazing. There's lots of uh, different uh, yeah. you know, towns with, um, and cities on the coasts and in, in inland, and uh, they've got the, some volcanic stuff going on. And then it, it gets sort of, uh, you know, like there's... Uh, fjords and things mm. one of the two big islands but i've so. never been to greece i've never been to the amalfi coast of italy i've never been to you know they say that uh like there's some eastern european countries you're supposed to go to but as mm-hmm. i mentioned you know like we're running out of like i'm running out of years of where you're mm-hmm. able to do it can afford to do it so i gotta prioritize i don't know I, part of me thinks i probably won't go to australia but i wouldn't mind going uh dan if you want i'll come along with on with you on your sucky fucky tour of Asia, I mean, yeah, you know, fine. Let's go. Let's just go. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's yeah. use condoms. Let's, you'll you'll you know. move it up on the list. I will. Listen, I'm not. I, if there's anybody I'm willing to get syphilis with, it's you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, it sounds okay. sorted but good. All right. Mm. Speaking of uh, sorted but good, let's uh, welcome to our program the producer of this show. Toronto. Not just this show, but all the shows. And uh, he is uh, renowned as a podcaster, a producer, and uh, I'll tell you one guy that would come on a sucky fucky tour would be Toronto Mike, man. Don't forget, Howie, you're banned from the Philippines, so when you make your travel plans, don't That's right. right. Yeah, my mug shots all over the Philippines. You would be detained at the That's door. right, I'd get there. We, we, don't, mm-hmm. we don't like this man for, for some things he said years ago at a wedding. You're on a list. <sighs> no, anyway. No handjob for you. <laughs> <laughs> we should get t-shirts made up that say, uh, Phil was right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Phil. <laughs> but, uh, Toronto Mike, what's going on? I thought since in about, I don't know, eight hours time, there's going to be a... Uh, a memorial live streamed. It's from Nova Scotia, but we can watch it here. I actually just tweeted the link. So if any listeners want the link, go follow me at Toronto Mike. And I just tweeted the link. But it's for Hal Harbor. And I was wondering if I could carve out like two minutes off the top to share three fun facts about Hal Harbor. Yeah, do it, man. All right. Hal Harbor, whose real name was Doug Barron, but we all in, in Toronto anyways, we know him as Hal Harbor. So the first fun fact about Hal Harbor, who passed away last week. He got the name Hal Harbor from brother Jake, who was asking him in Nova Scotia, was asking him to do sports on Q107. But Hal Harbor told brother Jake, John Gallagher was the man for that job. And that's how Toronto got Johnny Gallagher. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? That's like a twofer, like how he got the name from bro Jake and then uh, how John Gallagher ended up going to Q107. And John Gallagher, Gallagher, I believe, is back in Halifax. He lives in Halifax, and uh, he moved during the pandemic. And I think he was, like, visiting friends in Toronto, like, last week. So you might have spotted him in Toronto last week. But, yeah, he lives in Nova Scotia. John Gallagher, I, I've had many times uh, socializing with him. He's one of, those few, one of the few guys that I ever was around that drank white wine by the gallons. But he drank white oh. wine. 
Well, you want my story? Since I recorded 35 episodes of Gallagher and Gross Save the World. So Gallagher sure. often is. He had a similar to this. Okay. So I'm drinking. This is black coffee. Okay. <laughs> a similar tumbler. It's white. And he would come over with two bottles of wine and I would stick them in my freezer. And let's say John was here for two hours. He would probably fill his tumbler three or four times during our visit. And he constantly sipped on his white tumbler of mm. white wine. And would he finish off both bottles? I don't know if he'd finish them off, but he'd definitely get into the second bottle before he wow. left. And this is basically, and he's not like, it's not like we're telling tales out of school. Like he owns this. Like he's like, yeah, he's a functional alcoholic hmm. who that's his, his medicine to get through the day. Wow. Okay. Another fun fact about Hal Harbor. Okay. Hal Harbor is pro- very responsible. So he was instrumental in breaking the bare naked ladies on the radio on your old station 102.1 he championed the band he'd go see them live he would he basically had the uh, power to put them on CFNY for the first time and if you talk to somebody like a Tyler Stewart they'll say yeah Hal Harbor is a big reason Bare Naked Ladies got a 102.1 and that's a big reason why they became the, the big band they are today the rest is history and I can see that because Bare Naked Ladies in their Right at the beginning was they were almost like a fun novelty band, right? They were mm-hmm. like Moxie Fruvis almost. Yeah, and and Hal was in a band called the Stunt Chimps or something. Yes, Stunt Chimps for Burgess Meredith. Right, and they were sort of of the same vein. So I I could see that connection. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, there's a, there's more to that story too, though. I mean, Hal may have championed them, but they won the uh, there was a a, a POP yeah. thing. There's the, the hundred thousand dollar. Great Ontario Al- talent right. search. That was talent Hal. search. Hal's yeah. the one who said you got to do this, and he was in charge of that apparently at the station. So oh, okay. that was a big yeah. help. Well, it was a huge yeah. help because it basically paid for the recording of Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, you just turn your mic down about four percent. It's just a little bit mm. aggressive. What's the I third? Did. What's the third fun fact about well, Hal? This is funny because you just had uh, Jeremy Taggart on. Taggart is friends with Jonathan Torrens. Jonathan Torrens was uh, a rapper on Trailer Park Boys. And the last fun fact about Hal Harbor is he played Steve Rogers on Trailer Park Boys. So he's o- most often recognized as from Trailer Park Boys fans as Steve Rogers. Wow. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, earlier in the week, and I said to Freddie, I didn't even know. I'm not really a Taylor Park Boys fan, slash I've never seen an episode of it. I haven't yet? No. Oh, I think you'd like it. It's funny. I know you always say it's that. It's funny, yeah. Uh, but I've never, so I didn't know that he was even a series regular, but they tweeted or they, they mentioned that, you know, I saw a post of theirs saying they were sad to see. What did he die of, by the way? Do we know yet? No, but they said he was in uh, palliative care. I feel it sounds like cancer, but I don't God want to say for it. sure it was cancer because they never said it was cancer. God damn it. Fucking cancer. 71. Fuck off. Why aren't we? Okay, so he just died, but I actually had him on Toronto Mike uh, when? September. So like 11 months ago. That was episode 1305 if you want to hear uh, Hal Harbor on Toronto Mike. But he, I didn't like he didn't say. Do you he think was that sick. contributed to his death? No, I think it happened quickly. Like, I think he was fine in September when I talked to him, and he's dead by August. Like, okay. I think it got him quick. Well, I'm just wondering, maybe, like, maybe, maybe uh, the pressure of being on for four or five hours was too much for him. One hour with Hal Harbor. It was uh, all killer, no filler. I'll tell you, um, Hal was, uh, he was, he was not just a nice guy. He was one of those guys that was always sort of in a good mood and yeah. sort of quirky and... He was one of the good ones. He was, and he was one of the ones that yeah. uh, was always good to me. 
you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a group of people that weren't always good to me uh, because I was the interloper coming in to take you away from their beloved, you know, whatever it was. But because uh, mm-hmm. there was a vibe. There was a vibe of those people that did not like the Humble and Fred show, you know, mainly because of me. But Hal was very good. And he, he was also one of the first people I ever saw. Didn't he wear like a whatever that's called a pork pie hat or something like a? Oh, yeah. He had. He was a cool yeah, dude wore, is what he was. He was a very artistic he really, guy. Yeah, yeah very artistic. And, and Howard, going back to what you said, I think he was the type of guy. He didn't care about personality or history at the station. He no. just had identified entertainment. What was entertainment? What he thought was a good product. And I think that's why he was good with us, because it was like, hey, it's a fun morning show. That's all I care about. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, before we go, tomorrow's the email show. And it's important to note that our friends at Palma Pasta are the ones bringing you the email program. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta, sauces, and prepared take-home entrees. Uh, man, I've, I've got so many things I've been eating lately. I don't know if you guys have had this. I told Freddie about the tapenade they have. This kind of They've also got a, a pepper bruschetta topping. Four locations, one in Oakville. And uh, three in Mississauga featuring their signature store, Palma's Kitchen, which has expanded. Like, I remember going to your uh, Toronto Mike's uh, event in December of last year. And just since December to now, the expansion of what's going on at Palma's Kitchen. If you've been there before, come back again and check it out. Palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Frederick, do you have anything left? Uh, no, uh, okay, that does it for this week as far as the regular show goes. As okay. you mentioned, uh, emails tomorrow. Yes, uh, and uh, Daniel, um, let's uh, talk later about our tour of Asia, our sucky fucky tour. Uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. Right. A Do some planning there. Mike, maybe you can uh, come with us, uh, you know, tell your... Uh, what's uh, there's literally like a place called Fuck It. Yeah, let's yeah. go to Phuket. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's Phuket. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought have you been there, it. Dan? Have you been to Phuket? Yeah. Did you have any uh, handiwork? Spend some time on Bangtao Beach. Actually, I bet some on people. What? Bet you, yeah, people spend some time on your Bangtao. <laughs> Dan, Dan, hey, the Dan problem, when they, you were in Australia, did a dingo after, go after your dong? Huh? <laughs> no, Dan, I didn't spend any, I was only in the airport in Australia. I okay, no but a dingo didn't go after your dong. Hey, Dan, oh, when, you were, when you were no, in Asia, did going. they say, when they saw you, they say, we're going to need two people to take care of that? <laughs> you get two for one? <laughs> All right, so is the show done now? Or are we? They uh, said, you, you must be here for the lumber convention. <laughs> <laughs> They said, uh, we have uh, sucky fucky, but we're going to need a second. We're going to need two more hands. All right. Well, anyway, I guess that, you know what? There's we're no so more. Immature. <laughs> no, no more fun to be had. Uh, nope. All right, everyone. Enjoy your humble and Fred weekend. Uh, all uh, emails tomorrow. Uh, the show will be somewhere around 9, 9, 15 is when we uh, get it done. Thanks to uh, Jeremy Taggart. Thanks to uh, Toronto Mike for the uh, production. Thanks to Dan Duran for just putting up with all the nonsense. And uh, thanks to you for listening. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. 
That email show's coming up. You still have time to get an email in. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. So does writing a review. We'd love it if you'd say something nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you know Paul Manta, tell him to call Fred. We want to know how he's developed spit bubbles and reverse eyelids for good. And help us enjoy every gore damn day. Tables and a microphone Bottles and cans Just clap your hands Just clap your hands